Welcome to the Divorce Liberator Broadcast. I'm Andrea M. Stuckey, and this is where we talk about all things life, love, and lessons after divorce. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Divorce Liberator Podcast, Episode 5. Can you believe it? We're moving right along. <laughs> I'm Andrea I'm Stucky, the Divorce Liberator and your favorite divorce coach. And so in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about from surviving to thriving. That's right. Surviving to thriving. Life after divorce, part one. So there will be a second part to this uh, broadcast. So listen, let me give you a little weekly update. You know how we do it around these parts. But before I give you that weekly update, the Divorce Liberator podcast is sponsored by Live Life Love Coaching, LLC. Live Life Love Coaching is a company that provides a variety of resources for separated and divorced women, such as group coaching, support groups, courses, classes, and books that can help them rebuild and redefine their lives. So if you want to find out more, go to divorcewomenunite.com, divorcewomenunite.com, divorcedwomenunite.com. So listen, let me give you a little weekly update. This past weekend, um, I had the wonderful opportunity to host the Choosing More Retreat. So that's a Divorce Women Unite annual spring retreat. And this year's theme was choosing more. We had an amazing, amazing time. Women had the opportunity to relax, reconnect with themselves, fellowship, gain clarity, and gain healing. And so this is an annual retreat. And if you want to put your name on the list for next year, um, if you're interested, just <clears throat> shoot me an email, Andrea at divorcewomenunite.com, and just say count me in, and I'll put you on that list, that waiting list, because it is a very intimate environment, and we do limit how many women can attend, so we can keep that uh, intimacy during the retreat, if that makes sense, right? So today we're talking about surviving to thriving and you know approaching a 12-year mark of my post second divorce <laughs> um it's been a journey right it, it has definitely been a journey and i want to make you aware that as a separated and or divorced woman or man if you're listening that it's a journey it is just that it's a journey and so oftentimes when we look at Oftentimes when we look at divorce, we think about just that initial journey of, um, you know, that transitional piece, right? But there's more to the journey of divorce than just that transition of changing homes, someone moving out, someone moving away, you know, child support, you know, uh, spousal support if necessary. There's so much more as you're traveling that journey from surviving to ultimately getting to a new season of normalcy in your life where you really, really feel like you're thriving. And so I want to talk to you about that today, moving from surviving to thriving. So I can give you a little bit about my story, right? So when I separated from my second husband, I moved 20 miles away 
and my children were six and 16 and I was underemployed. I was only working two to three days a month, generally homeschooling, you know, staying at home with my kids and I was homeschooling them. Right. And so this was a huge transmission trans position that thrusted me into survival mode because not only did I have to seek more hours and try to gain full-time employment I also had two kids that I was homeschooling I had moved them 20 miles away from where we lived into a whole new community and all those things and it was very very taxing now outside of the move my kids were in therapy I was in therapy working night shifts, getting off, you know, schooling the young one for a couple of hours and tra- transporting the oldest to community college classes and uh, what we call co-op classes outside of the home. Um, my oldest was a junior during the, separ- the initial separation. Right. And so there was a lot going on. They had sports activities that they were still involved in. And I chose to keep them in those sports activity, even though it was financially not really feasible but we made it work because I thought that was very very important to them to have as much normalcy and an outlet as possible and so with all that taking place it put me into a state of just surviving 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 right just uh, like the hamster on the wheel just running 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 right and so that's not a place that you want to be Right. Sometimes you have to transition through that space, but it's definitely not ultimately the goal. The ultimate end goal is to getting your space into a place in life where you're thriving. Right. But that thriving piece does not happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. Right. And so I want to share with you today a couple of things that can help you move beyond that space of survival mode. Right. So the first thing that's very, very important is that you have to ask for help. Yeah, you have to ask for help. And this was very difficult for me. Right. Just because of my personality. And then also the reality was I was with my kids all the time. You know, I was, you know, sort of controlling it, not from a negative perspective, but I was <laughs> controlling it. Right. Their activities, you know, their their schooling, um, taking them, you know, drive, taking them to all their activities, driving them and picking them up. And so when it got to a place where I was totally overwhelmed and almost burned out after the separation, I realized that I had to do something different. Right. And so as I was crying in the shower one day, I believe the Lord was speaking to me and telling me that I had to put my kids back into traditional schooling. Now, as I cried and, you know, not literally kicked and screamed. Right. But, I, you know, I was, because I was so um, adamant about keeping them in homeschooling, because that was a decision that my ex-husband and I had made for a variety of reasons. Not going to talk about that here. And there's nothing wrong with traditional schooling. Let me just throw that in there, because my daughter currently is graduating from public high school this year. Um, So that's not the case. But we had made a decision many, many years ago that that would be well, that was what we decided for our children. And so now right at the end, where my oldest was, you know, going into senior year, I sort of felt like I had failed. I know that's silly, but that's how I felt. felt. And I put her in uh, the, tr- the local high school of our new community. Now, with that being said, 
my oldest did phenomenal graduated number 16th in the class out of I think 160 something students played basketball that year honors classes got scholarships to college all that stuff everything went well and even with my youngest I put her in private school in second grade the transition was a little bit rocky from an emotional perspective standpoint not academic um, because she just wasn't used to being away with me away from me (laughs) for any extended period of time right but um, she quickly adapted had a wonderful teacher who was capable to help her in that space and they both did well right and once I got them into traditional schooling which was about a year after the initial separation I could begin to finally breathe I could finally breathe. And I know that sounds crazy, but I could finally breathe. And so that was an area of help, if you will, getting them in traditional school, into into traditional school. And then once I started working more, I had to realize that I had to ask for help, right? That I had to ask friends, maybe to babysit for a layover, you know, 30 minutes or something of that nature. I had to ask coaches for help. I also, you know, enlisted other moms for carpooling and sharing rides and things of that nature to sporting events and and all those things. And that was definitely out of my comfort zone, but it was a must. I could not continue to operate my life as though there were two parents in the home because there wasn't. And not only was that just an aspect for my children, but there were other aspects that I had to maintain as well, right? New responsibilities, taking care of the car, inspection, registration, changing the oil, taking out the trash. Those were things I didn't I have to do, pay bills. I didn't pay bills in my, in my second marriage, right? And so there was a, it was a tr- transition. And so I had to ask for help. And it's okay to ask for help. And this is one of the things, even in coaching some of my clients, that they still struggle with. And I just want to share with you, if there's a space in your life that you need assistance, that you need another person, if you need just insight, sometimes we just don't know how to make a decision or we're unclear, but we still don't ask for help. It's helpful to ask for some, ask someone who you trust who does not have an emotional connection to your challenge or situation. They can see it much clearly than when we're in the middle of it, right, with our emotions attached. And so this is very, very important that we ask for help. Now, another way of moving from surviving to thriving is spending time alone. What does that mean? That means you got to take care of yourself. You have to get by yourself. You have to focus on yourself. You have to do some things for yourself. And a lot of times when we're in survival mode, as I mentioned earlier, we're on that hamster wheel doing, 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 doing for our kids, doing this, doing that, around the house. But you've got to find time for yourself. Because what happens is you cannot pour from an empty cup. And I know we hear that euphemism all the time. But it is so true. If you don't fill yourself up with time, rest, enjoyment, laughter. Yes, you can find laughter. Even in the midst of going through a divorce, you can put yourself in places with people that you love and trust and can have fun with. You can partake in activities that you alone like to do. You know, for me, it was running. For me, it was, um, I just 
made myself take myself to dinner. For me, it was making myself go to a day, a movie, right? When the kids were in school and, you know, check out a chick flick all by myself, right? And have some fun in those ways. And what that does and why this is important, because you've got to re-evaluate who you are now as a single woman. You have to evaluate what part of you that you lost in that marriage. And many women, many women have lost pieces of themselves in that marriage. And and it's to our own detriment because we should not have to lose pieces of ourselves. Yes, we make sacrifices and compromises, but we don't have to lose who we are. And sometimes we, tra- we trade off our dreams and goals for somebody else's. And then what happens is, unfortunately, if we go through a divorce and we find ourselves single again, we don't even remember what we wanted to do. We didn't remember what we liked to do because we transformed and morphed ourselves into our significant other. And I know that doesn't sound good, (laughs) and I know we don't want to hear it, but oftentimes it's true. Not all the time, but oftentimes it is true. And so part of surviving to thriving is having a season of introspection, right? Spending time alone, evaluating what you love to do, finding new hobbies, right? Journaling. And writing down what it is you want in this next season. What it is you need in this next season. What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about your life? And what do you value? What is important to you at this season? Not five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, but right now. Because as we grow, we change. And sometimes our viewpoints change. Sometimes our beliefs and values change. And this is important to do because when you skip this part and you try to jump into relationships, back into dating, you're going to find yourself ultimately unfulfilled. You're going to find yourself ultimately hurt because you're going into the dating space potentially looking for another relationship when you haven't reevaluated yourself. You haven't spent time giving yourself what you need. So if you can't give yourself what you need, how can you tell someone else what they need to give you in a romantic relationship? Food for thought. You know, here on the Divorce Liberated podcast, we talk about life, love and lessons. And so when it comes to love and relationships, this is a missing factor because oftentimes as women, we identify ourselves with our romantic status, being married, being a fiance, being divorced or being single, right? We oftentimes identify ourselves with our spouses or the, and the accomplishment of our spouses or our children and our accomplishments with our children, right? And here's what's so funny. Before all the phones and texting and all that, I actually had a little business card that I would give to moms. And you know what the card said? Tori and Gabby's mom. Think about that for a second. 
You know what I'm saying? That's how I, and I, I didn't, I'm not saying anything's totally wrong with that, right? But I'm saying how we as women identify ourselves. And so this is a time and season as you're moving from surviving to thriving that you begin to spend time alone. And I know that alone peace does not feel good all the time because you're used to being with a spouse. You're used to being with a significant other or you're used to being with your children. And you may still be with your children, but you need to separate yourself. For those of you who are co-parenting and you're doing the traditional every other weekend or if you're splitting the week in half, whatever that looks like, take that time to refresh, renew, do some self-care, read some books. Don't just clean up, fix stuff, you know, go into work mode because the kids are gone. No, take that time. As a, use it as a time of introspection and getting to know yourself Again, because you will need this part of spending time alone, being in introspection, it will be necessary for your next season. If you're choosing, excuse me, if you're choosing to eventually pursue marriage or another romantic relationship. Now, let me tell you this. It took me two and a half years to date again. My timeline is not your timeline. Right. But I was focused on my kids, getting myself together emotionally. I had therapy. I had coaching. Right. Because I wanted to make sure that I was ready. Um, And even when I was introduced to someone, I really wasn't I didn't feel that I was ready, but I was ready. And it came through some friends who knew this person. So it was a safe um, interaction, if you will. And it turned out to be a pretty good, decent relationship in terms of my first person after divorce, if that makes sense to date. So I just want to share with you today that there is a process to go to move from surviving to thriving and you have to figure out where you are, right? You've got to ask for help and you have to spend some time alone. This is very, very critical. And I know sometimes we can feel lonely and we feel like we're all alone, but loneliness is an emotional state, Being alone is a physical state. So what does that mean? If you're in a room by yourself, you are alone. But you don't have to be lonely. Because the reality is you can be in a space with hundreds of people around you and still feel lonely. So you have to learn how to fill that void for yourself. Yes, we're going to eventually, you know, all of us will have moments and times that we wish we had this or that. That's one thing. But for the majority of the time, we've got to learn how to fill our own cups. And I'm going to tell you, it makes it so much easier when you get into a romantic relationship. And I'm going to be talking about that because I'm in a currently in a relationship. It's been over 18 months. Um, And this has been the most fulfilling and rewarding relationship. Yes, I've dated people and had little small relationships here and there, but this has been the most fulfilling. And so I want to share my journey and share what's different about this relationship than other relationships, right? And only God knows the plan that he has for us, right? So um, that is what that is. But I think it's really important for me to share because it's so um, um, pivotal for me and also uh, 
I learned, I have been learning so much <laughs> in this relationship and I want to share. And that's why it's so important for you to get to know yourself and to spend time with yourself and reintroduce yourself to the things that you love, any hobbies or things that you wanted to try before. And now maybe you don't have to ask for somebody's permission or budget or time, right? That you get to create that space for yourself. Very, very important. So I'm just going to wrap up. So listen, next week, I want you to join me for part two. As we continue to talk about surviving to thriving, where I move into the dating space and share some things um, with you, not just about dating, but what makes me feel that this season of my life, I feel like I am thriving. And I'm going to share that with you. And I'm so excited to do so. So make sure you come back um, and join us for part two of the surviving to thriving life after divorce segment on the Divorce Liberator podcast. So listen, if you have a divorce question, I want to encourage you to send me an email. Send me an email, askdivorcecoach at gmail.com, askdivorcecoach at gmail.com, where I will answer that question. I'll let you know via email where I will respond to it at and I may respond on Instagram and or on YouTube. So please, 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 I would love to answer any questions or scenarios that you may have about divorce or separation or any of those type of topics, right? So again, askdivorcecoach at gmail.com. And if you're looking for that safe and secure space, and community, make sure you go to my private Facebook community, divorcewomenunite.com, divorcewomenunite.com. Again, I'm Andrea M. Stuckey, the divorce liberator and your favorite divorce coach. Thanks for joining this week, and I'll see you next week. Take care.